You are listening to Tomes of the Chaos Bard. Welcome to the 2023 Mailbag! We have lots of great questions today, and I am your host, Abby, the social media manager and general manager of lots of different things. (laughs) (laughs) And the first question we have is actually a question from me. We were having a discussion, David and Elsie and I, I don't remember when, but um, it was, what does our characters mean? Like our characters' names, according to the internet. Elsie. Ye. What does Boudreaux mean, according to the internet? Well, I looked up define Boudreaux, and it says, U.S. Cajun, in parentheses, says, a surname that comes from the French word for farmer, a family surname that means leader of the group. This is common last name for Cajun people. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm the leader of the group. (laughs) (laughs) In case you didn't know, it was just in the, you know, hidden meaning. Okay. Becky. Um, So Lila means night. Um, Like night isn't with a K? No, as in dark. (gasps) Okay. Um, And then... uh, Garatha has a couple of different meanings, um, depending on where you pull it from. It's a reference to something in old religious ceremonies, um, or it translates um, it's hard to translate it. Um, In some countries, it was also like um, uh, like a last name for some people. Um, In Polish, it represents a specific context. So it's kind of just a, a amalgamation of different things, depending on where you're pulling it from. Dude, that's cool. Yep. Um, but the, there's a Garatha Palace as well, hmm. situated near um, some... I think it's... I, I don't honestly remember. A rubber duck factory? A rubber duck factory. I'd be so happy. I have a small obsession with rubber duckies. Um, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> no. Um, so there's a, it says Garatha, the palace of Magda is situated in the mountains um, in some place that I cannot even uh, pretend like to know Magda, how to. Utah? No. Like, no, like Magda. Like Magda. Like in, Diablo 3. Yeah. yeah. As yeah. in a witch. I, Killed yeah. her last night. Yeah, <laughs> sure did. Um, uh, but that is not where I pulled it from at all. I definitely went all nerd with it. Um, and opposite kind of nerd than what, not opposite, but different kind of nerd than David, because I'm a Star Trek fan. Um, it, it's also pulled from a Klingon name that I heard <laughs> once upon a time, and I was like, oh, I like that. <laughs> what the heck? That's funny. Okay, Evan. Uh, my... Ooh, ooh, ooh. Wow, that's a really interesting meaning. Yeah, it was <laughs> great, wasn't it? Uh, so I just pulled the name out of the book. Okay. But I Googled Roscoe. The, the player's book, handbook? Yeah, I pulled it just right out of the player's handbook for the oh. recommended names. Really? Okay. Was it, or it might have been a name generator online. It was one of the two. <laughs> okay, okay. It was just a random fantasy name generator. Anyways, but what it means is Roscoe 
is a Cornish name originating from the Old Norse words for doe wood or robocopsy? Question mark. <laughs> uh, it is also an Americanized spelling for of the French name racacot and possibly a corruption of... You don't pronounce the T's in French, by the way, so... Well, good thing I don't speak French. <laughs> um, Rosgrau. Mm, there you go. Rosgrau. Rosgrau. Uh, so Fenrir means wolf in Norse mythology. Yeah. Fenrir is a story yeah. from the Norse, t- mm-hmm. too, right? He's the eater mm-hmm. and bringer of Ragnarok. He sure is. Ragnarok. The end of the world. Ragnarok. Oh my gosh, it makes so much more sense now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, Whoa. Dun. Fenrir's true purpose. <laughs> oh my but gosh. also, we you play Fenrir more as a Norse, a traditional Norse bard, a storyteller, instead of just a singer and Correct. entertainer. Right. Okay. So I looked up my D&D character name, the Dungeon Master. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and what does that mean? Surprisingly, nothing bad, a person who organizes and oversees the playing of fantasy role-playing games of Dungeons & Dragons, in particular by narrating the details of the story that are particularly, or that are not controlled by the players. Taking on the role of Dungeon Master is not a simple task. <laughs> oh, that's a good definition. Hold on. Now I want to know what your most prominent NPC's names mean. Like oh, your favorite geez. NPC's. Uh, Solemn. Yeah. Solemn. Or Quill. Which, make sure you yeah, spell it right. We know what Quill means. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to have some obscure While reference. you look that up. Henley is actually a casual top with a scoop neck and a short row of buttons in the center of the neckline. That's true. And it that's is. like Boudreaux has a crush on you. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Just it kidding. was um, created in the light, the late 19th century, originally a style associated with the Henley Royal Regatta. Yeah. To your royal shirt. I'm a shirt. (laughs) A royal shirt. Not the other one. (laughs) Uh, You could be the other one, too. (laughs) Well, yeah, I can't be. Except for Henley is not royal. (laughs) I have other characters that take that role. Not in the podcast. (laughs) That's okay, I'll do it for you. Quill is Gaelic. That means from the woods. Oh, Ooh. see? Oh, wow. You thought it was a dumb a question. <laughs> you're Irish a dumb question. Mm. No, you're not. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not really finding anything for Solemn, at least for my you're spelling, spelling, my spelling of Solemn. How do you Solemn. spell it? How are you spelling it? How you sp- like Saul from the Bible. U-M. S-A-U-L-U-M. Yeah, I'm sure if I went to different spellings, it would give me a little... Like the actual word little... solemn? Yeah. Because <laughs> it was kind of... A play on that? A play on, play on words. He's a happy-go-lucky person, but yet his name is kind of more... Morose. If you go off Quiet. of the spelling S-A-L-E-M, which is what my phone autocorrects to, mm-hmm. it is peaceful, safe, complete, and perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> there's that. Believe That's what that. he was before he came, became the chaos part, okay? <laughs> no, no, it's what his parents wished upon him. <laughs> yeah, this is why we named you this way. And he's like, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, he is a halfling, so. He is a halfling. All right. Okay, next question is from Sarah from 
social media, and she also has a dark fantasy auto audio book that Becky and I love called Forsaken by Shadows. Check oh, it out. It's great. Um, Becky, oh, I said, there I wrote, Becky and I are big fans. <laughs> How is Lila Garatha built mechanically since she is two races? OP, that's how she's built. <laughs> uh, makes sense. Now, so she took on, because the um, major contributing factor when they were merged was, uh, or um, that was most malleable, I guess, was probably the the gnome. So she's got a lot of the gnomish features and mechanics that way. Um, she got a buff to her, we switched out some of the, like, I think it was, like, the dexterity or something like that and buffed it a little bit because of the orc and dwarf as well as the fact that the background was a um, barbarian that we were going with. A lot of switching and so, choosing. Yeah, yeah it, it was a lot of homebrew. Am I okay to do this? Yes, you have to give this up, though, type of situations. But mechanically, she's mostly a forest gnome barbarian with a flavor twist. Okay. And very OP stats that I rolled super high on. Yeah. I could never roll that high again. <laughs> jealous. Yes. <laughs> We're all a little jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but I play her like a, almost like she doesn't know how to use her. Handle it. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes she doesn't know how to barbarian. The character, is, not I, Becky. I say that all the time. She's a barbarian that doesn't know how to barbarian. <laughs> Okay, next question is from Coldix Steelskin, also from social media. What is a super specific ability that your characters have that you are excited to use slash have used? So we have to uh, have used it already? No, you can, you can that be That you're excited, excited to, to use or have used. Oh. Whether that's a future level um, thing. I'll go first. I... Love Henley's ability to be able to misty step without <laughs> using a spell slot because of a feat. The Fey touched, so good. But it also kind of fits into Henley's um, subclass, which is a Horizon Walker, which eventually I will get um, misty step as a usable spell slot thing too. Because. So you can move it's a planar warrior. <laughs> so you can use it more than once. Yes. Elsie. The one I'm excited about to one day hopefully use, uh, David, is um, Turn Undead. Um, it's my oh, channel like divinity. Mm-hmm. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you get that at fifth level? No, I have it. Oh, you haven't. Oh, you just haven't had an opportunity because we haven't ran into. Well, we have ran into undead, but um, I haven't. That was literally a whole town of them. That's true. Just wasn't there. (laughs) Yeah. So, and there, and I probably wouldn't have used it there either. Mm. So, but no, I'm excited so that I can turn the undead. So, gone. Okay, Becky. I don't have one that I'm super excited about because it, my character is kind of in a limbo stage um, with lots of different things that could happen or couldn't happen, so I can't look too far ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so right now, I really like the fact that whenever I rage, I have to roll on a wild table. Mm. <laughs> I think that's always exciting. I mean, it is. Because I never know what's <laughs> going to happen. 
Which is also very scary for me because I like I'm a planner and I like to know what's going on. <laughs> very scary for me too. So <laughs> where it's, could this go? Because <laughs> you totally could have almost killed Roscoe if you'd have rolled a that one time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's lots of, and there's lots of those things where like, it could be super detrimental to the party. <laughs> yeah. Roscoe. Um, Evan. I mean, so it's twofold. Obviously the, by the time I reach max level, the exuberant amount of attacks that I will get. <laughs> is <gonna be> great. <laughs> Even once I reach level five, I get a second attack. But, um, honestly, the thing that I've loved the most, as much as, you know, I love my, uh, my arcane shots and stuff, my, my polearm mastery has come in so much handy because it's got the, you know, it's got multiple functions to it. Someone comes within 10 feet of me, it provokes that, promotes that opportunity attack. Someone attacks someone next to me is my sentinel attack and I can beat them up too. <laughs> Plus I get a bonus attack after every attack where I can hit them with the tail end of the thing. So it's just like whack, 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 whack all day long with the the, the glaive and stuff. We so. probably would not have survived in 55 and 56 without that. <laughs> well, you know what's funny about this whole thing too is like when you had decided to go away from the pole arm mastery a little bit more to the arrows, you're like, hey, Dave, can I switch out? Switch this out, and he's like, nah, it's already established. And you're like, dang. <laughs> and now you're like, I love this. True. I mean, and yep. so, so don't, I, I thoroughly enjoy being, you know, a man of many talents with my arcane shots, being able to do just as much from a distance as we saw in one mm -hmm. of the earlier episodes on our way to Avalon, um, as much as I can in a cave when I'm up close and personal. But yeah, in one of these most recent episodes, um, I just, I, tag hit after hit after hit on a couple guys and they just line right up and it's it's glorious <laughs> feels good to hit yeah i wouldn't know what that's like <laughs> <laughs> that comes from the barbarian yeah. zeb so i'm gonna do twofold here one that is kind of behind the scenes that you don't really see a lot is the jack of all trades yes is a bard where you can take half your proficiency and add it to your um, ability checks. And so... Anything that you're not already that proficient not, in. Right, not already proficient in. So checks. automatically get a one to everything, and then that really boosts some of the other checks that I'm not as great with. So mm -hmm. that's kind of nice when I'm rolling. Um, the other one that you haven't seen me use is the Inspiring Leader Feat. Yes. Oh, that's and right. And so I'm, I'm hoping that that will... You'll you'll start to hear that. You start to see that, especially as we roll through the cave. Yeah, I'm excited. That's such a really cool feat. Okay, next question. We're blowing through these. Okay, um, this one is from Ryan R. From uh, actually is one of our patrons. Thank you, Ryan. Woo! Uh, <laughs> this question is for each player again. What? Went into the design of your character. <laughs> Did you draw upon characteristics of someone you know, or maybe from another character in a book or a film? Boudreaux. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I don't know if you've ever watched Dragon Prince, but the king in there, before he dies in the first season, spoilers. <laughs> um, uh, uh, his hair, that is Boudreaux's hair 100%. And it is beautiful hair. And that is where one inspiration comes from. The other is, if you've ever watched Avatar The Last Airbender, if you've seen the Swamp episode, 
<laughs> the swamp people, yeah. <laughs> um, that's where Boudreaux is, and he's also just a very simple guy, so, like, brown pants, white shirt, done. So Also, I really want you to tell you where you got Boudreaux's name. Oh, that, that's one of the questions. Is it? Oh, never mind. <clears throat> Later. Uh, Becky. So, is it talking about, like, visually characteristics? Like, because it says the design, but, like... What do you mean? I think Whatever. all of the above. Okay. Like well, what went into creation your creation of, of your character? Um, that yeah. like what inspired you? I think we talked about this first mailbag that I really wanted to do a multiple personality character, and David kept telling me no, <laughs> and I was like, "Let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it." And he's like, "Fine, but these are the stipulations." And then it was originally supposed to be a tiefling, and he's like, "Are you sure you want to do that? Because you're gonna have a target on your back the entire time." And I said, "Well." I'll I just guess I'll be a freak. Uh, <laughs> um, ended up being more of a freak and than a tiefling. And then ended up being more of a freak. <laughs> I don't know. I really liked the idea of playing a gnome because I'd never played a gnome before. But um, I was like, okay, well, what's the opposite of a gnome? <laughs> an orc. Let's do an orc. And then David's like, okay, um, did you know like orcs and dwarves really, that, that's not a good <laughs> like that's not a common mix I was like really because they're like right next to each other he's like yeah I'm like well it's too late now I already designed it that way <laughs> but yeah so visually there's a lot of things taken from nature and things like that from the the gnomish side of things because I still see gnomes as very uh nature oriented especially the forest type of gnomes um but that's also how I feel like the forest elves are is even in the things that they wear and stuff like that if it's not derived from something natural then it's emulating that so that's where i pull a lot of that from and then dwarves are stolen people so there's got to be some representation there mm-hmm. and little baby little baby under test because you got to have some orc somewhere <laughs> mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. it's a lot sorry <laughs> no it's good roscoe okay hmm. so roscoe um there's kind of a little bit of everything in case Anyone listening is not aware. I am a huge nerd. Huge. Um, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, all the above. Um, Obviously the top two being Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. So they were kind of a lot of my inspiration. A lot of Roscoe's personality I actually kind of draw from uh, my good guy Samwise Gamgee. Woo! Shout Um, out the real hero. The actual real hero. Yes! (laughs) He, you know, you know, as you've, you've read books, you've watched the movies, um, he's kind of the behind-the-scenes pilot of the adventure for him and Frodo and stuff. And he's there to support Frodo, but when he has his moments, they really, really come through, like his speech at the end of the two towers as to why they're all there and stuff. Um, as far as, I mean, like everything else, halflings, because, you know... It was, the luck feet, and I know that I don't have good rolls. <laughs> that was very much a part of that. Um, but as far as like the weapon choice and everything, um, I actually happened to just be watching the uh, Clone Wars animated series at the time we were doing this for like the seventh time, um, and it was in one of the final, the later seasons where uh, Ahsoka is being put on trial, and she's got the temple guards, and they've got the you know the mm the longer kind of staff saber sort of things. And I'm like, that's cool because they wield them both as, you know, a lightsaber and, you know, a 
handheld lightsaber and kind of more of a staff saber sort of situation. Um, and so I kind of went went off that with the the use of the glaive and and the multifunction personality that it has now that I've worked out with Dave and stuff. So that's you know, kind of just a a mesh of all my nerdiness into one person. <laughs> and I love it. Ding ding ding. Also his ponytail. Also awesome. his ponytail. Oh, yeah, the ponytail is from um what it was um have the legend of Korra. Oh. And it was um what is his the the earthbender guy? Bolin. Bolin, yes. He was the inspiration for the ponytail. Except for Bolin doesn't have a ponytail. He was the face. He was the he face. He was the so, face. And the ponytail, I don't know, the ponytail just sounded cool, I think, is what it was. <laughs> Cora has a ponytail. Sure. Cora well, <laughs> has a ponytail. But, yeah. So it's kind of like I said, just kind of a mesh of nerd. Amalgamation of his favorite things, basically. Okay, yeah. Seb. Yeah, so my character comes from, at the time of creation, I was watching The Witcher on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> um, not that makes so a lot of sense. Friendly. Yes. Yeah, um, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but the bard on there, at least in the Netflix show, is Yaskier. And I kind of drew a little bit from him. Bits and pieces of uh, Fenrir. So do I need mm. to start throwing coins at you? <laughs> Also, I have to say, as Fenrir has evolved as we played the podcast, too, mm-hmm. because of all his different names. Oh, I love this. That's valid. <laughs> Who is what, what Fenrir? We'll get there. Solemn. We've never really discussed Solemn's um, character creation. Yeah, like let's his do it. His design oh, okay. and all of that stuff. So Solemn, and, and a little bit of Quill later... I drew heavily off of one of my favorite Don Knotts movies called <laughs> Hot Lead and Cold Feet. Because <laughs> there's an old guy in there that, it, if you know about this show, it's it's an old show. It's probably free on YouTube if you want to watch it. You, you probably could, possibly. It's probably in one of his top, Don Knotts top, top uh, movies as well, if you go find that. But anyways... It's really random. Yeah. <laughs> But he, there's a character in there that's the that's the dad that's trying to get his twin sons to get to get them together. One's a preacher and one's uh, an outlaw, and trying to get them to mesh together. But he's faked his own death to get his boys back together. And the whole time he's just eavesdropping the whole during the whole chaos that's going on between the two sons. And but. Every time and he's trying to barely skirting sometimes, by the way, barely. <laughs> and he's always meddling in little things like, Oh, this is going wrong. I got to fix it. I got to fix it. And his Butler would be, or not his Butler, his manservant. I don't know what you would call him. <laughs> yep. Manservant. That he was always in the middle of things. So that's kind of the quill where quill comes in. So that's kind of the inspiration that I got. And the Butler saves him. his life many times. A lot of times. Yeah. He's always part of the scheme but also doesn't like being part of the scheme as well. <laughs> so that's where I got the inspiration for, for Solemn. And the look is he's just a chubby, fun-loving halfling. Yeah. Just wants to add all of our halflings here. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to see more of him when we get to Mapleshire. <gasps> Possibly. No, he's going to be absent because he just was from, secretly from Mapleshire a long time ago too and 
doesn't want to go back there. Shun the non-believer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Henley. So Henley's character design, I actually based her a bit off of my mom. So my mom has um, auburn hair and brown eyes, but also uh, has brought herself out of difficult situations and triumphed over them. And she's also one of my heroes. So I really wanted to um, make a character kind of, of coming from a dark place, but making her life better by the choices she makes more difficult sometimes <laughs> um also i've been told henley kind of looks a little bit like anna which is like annoying but anna is really the hero of the frozen series every single time she's the one that saves elsa every single time she doesn't get enough credit um Abby but, feels passionately about this because she has little girls. Yes. I mean, just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I can't let it go. But also... The cold never bothered her anyway. <laughs> the actual Ranger core is actually based off of the Ranger Apprentice series. Yes. Really good. Really, really good series. Um, also, Sponsor I have... Sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> um... Also, I had to throw in a little bit of Fluttershy from My Little Pony. Huge fan. Um, Mm -hmm. Because Henley is shy and awkward, but she also has that inward fire that Fluttershy has that nobody messes with Fluttershy when she is passionate about something. So, yeah, that's Henley. (laughs) Yeah, I know when um, Abby and I were going out to lunch one time... um, I don't remember if it was just after we started the podcast or just before we started the podcast. That's how, that's exactly how you described her. She's like, she's pretty much just fluttershy in uh, human form mm-hmm. where <laughs> she's super shy and unsure of her decisions until somebody or something that she cares deeply about is in trouble or hurt, and then you don't mess with her. Yep. But the reason why she's shy is, you know, back to the Avalon episodes is because she made really rash, redheaded decisions because she was really passionate, I and take now she's. To this. <laughs> well, you did say <laughs> redheads are just blondes with high blood pressure. Yeah, high blood pressure, angsty. A lot of redheads are actually pretty mild-tempered, but generally not so much in media purposes or pop culture. They're generally hot-headed, so I was kind of going off of that. Fight me. <laughs> Case in point. Case in point. <laughs> so, if you didn't know, Elsie's ran. <laughs> the defense rests. <laughs> hey, what's the next question? Okay, this is from Kristen. Um, she, um, I will read exactly what she said. I have a bit of an odd question. Does the magic quill... Quill use ink or is he magic so he doesn't need ink and she um has actually a business called Emberglow treasures where she makes dice towers and mugs that are one so you can drink your drink and roll your dice at the same time but you might have to drink your drink to get your dice <laughs> but it's worth it you won't know what you rolled until you drink your drink <laughs> That could make for a very fun game. Actually, <laughs> uh, it might not be family friendly. Though. <laughs> it depends on what's in the drink. 
Yeah. That would be that would be interesting. <laughs> so does Quill have magic ink? I would say that Quill can write magically. Like it just comes out. But I think Solemn being kind of traditional forces Quill to write with normal ink. <laughs> He's imposing his chaos him upon get, him. Yeah. Get, get the tip dirty. He's just to bug Quill. He's like, no, 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 no. I need you to use this ink. And so I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it tastes horrible. <laughs> I think just to bug Quill, he that Solomon makes him use normal ink. But that's why, it, um, with all the rage that Quill has into him, that's what makes him so fiery and sometimes randomly explode because of the frustration. <laughs> so I have a question. Yeah. Um, when uh, he does get, um, he does explode. Does he say, "Aw, you just made me ink"? <laughs> oh just, no, just yeah, asking. That, I wouldn't say that's a question. That was more of a statement. So, I just yeah, had to find like, a way to put it out there. That's, just, that's the what makes the ink that Solomon makes Quill use is from <laughs> the ashes of Quill. <laughs> oh, oh, previous Quills. Oh my goodness! Grinds uh, it up, makes it into an savage. ink. That's. A okay, disturbing. Question. <laughs> so, it is, so it is kind of magical. So, Kristen, point seven five. Yes, the answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, this question is: I have a question for Roscoe. Oh, Sorry, Roscoe. Here you go. Does Roscoe have any romantic feelings Ooh. for anyone in the world of Kellet? And she said, "Thank you so much." If you happen to see this answer. See this and answer it sincerely, Lily. Aww. Well, Lily. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> to put it simply, he's no. He's got his friends. You know, he's never, mm, never been a interest for him. I mean, he sees all the drama with Boudreaux <sighs> and Lila. He's like, no, nope, don't want that. He he wants to know who he is before he. He settles down. You know, he doesn't want to, you know, he's, he, he's, he doesn't know who he is. So it's hard to know. Okay. Uh, if I, even if there were a romantic interest, he wouldn't act on it because he's like, I don't know where I'm going to be in a year. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I don't know if I like it here. I don't know if I like it there. I don't know if I'm going to be... I don't know if I like it anywhere. Out <laughs> fighting bad guys or farming potatoes, you know, until he knows where he sits in life. He doesn't think that it would be fair for any sort of romantic person to be dragged along on that adventure with him. Makes Roscoe sense. and Hanley fist bump. So he's just, well, it he's makes just hanging out. Because that's why his name is Roscoe. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> makes sense. Um, do you think that is partially like he's just putting himself at a distance because of that, because he doesn't know who he is. So it's just an insecurity that he has. He's like, I, I can't put myself out there because I don't know who I am. So I don't know who I'll be in three years for this person. I mean, yeah, it would be reasonable. He also, I mean, he's like, if either. I don't know who I am, how can I expect to get close enough to someone else for them to know who I am. Because if they like me this way and I discover that I'm not 
not this, you know, if I fall mad, Frosco falls madly in love with an adventurer, right? And he decides, nope, I'm going to go be a farmer. Well, then the person that that person fell in love with wasn't really Roscoe or vice versa. If he goes home and he decides he wants to be a farmer and he starts farming potatoes and he meets up with a nice little hobbit farmer and they're like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm bored with this. I'm going to go back out there. And she's just like, uh, no, it's not fair. So, you know, he's, he's still trying to figure out who he is. He's still a young halfling. So no. And he's still young. Yeah. I said no, and you guys wanted more, so you got more. <laughs> you just started expounding. Yay. We like it. We like it. Thanks, Lily. Okay. This question is actually from Elsie. <laughs> <laughs> How did everyone pick their name for their character? I already answered this question. <laughs> yeah, you guys did, actually. Um, Boudreaux's name is actually... Um, um, my people from the south, you'll know. Um, it's called the Cajun Night Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. The dog in that book is named Bodro. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, also a last name. I, I, yeah, but it's just the name of the dog. I know. I'm just. I think Elsie asked this question just so she could answer it for herself. Yeah. How mm-hmm. did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I want everybody to know. I didn't pick Henley's name. David picked Henley's name because she was an NPC in campaign two. Yep. And you chose to play her. So why'd you yep. pick it, and David? And I chose to pick it. I just thought it was a pretty name. Aww. He had no idea it was a shirt. <laughs> nope. It's a shirt style. Nope. Uh, I like the name Lila. Um, and Garatha sounded angry. So pick the character. <laughs> <laughs> that works. <laughs> out of a book or a name generator, I don't remember, but it was no thought behind it. I just went till I found something that looked good. <laughs> At the time of making the character, I was playing through the game Final Fantasy X, <laughs> and Fenrir is a monster, obviously a wolf, on that game, and I was looking through all the monster names trying to think of a cool name, and that's the one that I settled on. <laughs> and how'd you come up with the last name? Uh, it's a palindrome. <laughs> um, that's a smart way of saying it. He wrote his name backwards. <laughs> his name's a palindrome, and he is a conundrum as well. Yeah, he doesn't know who he is. That's why he has all these nicknames. Hold on, let's see. What are all these nicknames? No, we're not going to spend twenty minutes going through this. Benny, Ben, he's Ben Rear, Ben Anyway, next question. <laughs> okay. Next question. Podcast question. My question is. And this is from Sir Grenshaw on Twitter. Mm. How are your... What are your big goals for the new year? Like humans or like characters? Like podcast. Oh, that makes more sense. So I can answer this one first. Mm. I think definitely uh, growing it. You know, Mm -hmm. trying to boost our numbers because we honestly feel like we have something cool and unique here being family friendly we're not the only family friendly podcast Mm -hmm. out there Mm -hmm. but i do feel like our background of trying to make i use solemn uses this phrase all the time in the post show when he's doing reviews and stuff like that it's like having little ears deserve the right to hear type idea but also making it fun and enjoyable for adults So that's been our thing from the beginning and getting that out there to let parents know that there's a lot of, there is a good thing if they want to share, 
their passion for TTRPGs, here's a podcast that they can share it with. We do have a father and daughter that listen to this, and it's been one of their fun things, and it's been heartwarming to me to know that that's that's been a positive thing in their life. And, of course, getting the Ko-Fi up and running was a big thing and making mm-hmm. that grow so we can do more stuff, as in go to cons, go to different places for more people, to our fans to be able to see us and meet us. Yeah, and eventually upgrade our equipment, although our equipment <laughs> is uh, pretty good. Our equipment's definitely a mic upgrade would be, would be that. And just getting more content for you. Mm-hmm. And the bigger the Ko-Fi gets, the more content that we'll be able to supply as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess becoming more popular <laughs> would it be popular. coming down without, without being prideful, right? Gonna be popular. <laughs> but I do think that we have something here that everybody can hear. I think it would be really cool to reach 60,000 downloads this mm. year. Or more. We're halfway there. We're halfway there. But it would be really cool to to get those those bump up those numbers. Um. Anybody else have an answer for that? I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> um. I want Boudreau to have oh, a kill. Oh, we count. wanted to have. Kill count oh for yeah, Boudreau. you haven't killed anyone. <laughs> um, if you want that to happen, Garatha really does keep kill counts for everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, and mine's zero. Quit saving people. <laughs> Also, You're putting thinking. T-shirts on our Kofi, I think. Yes, that would be another thing. Um, my goal for the podcast is just to be able to hang out with you guys. So <laughs> thanks. <laughs> it's happening. I was thinking the same thing. Got <laughs> kind of a chance to come hang out. Adult interaction Enjoy, yeah. a little bit. Adult yeah. interaction. Shout out to babysitters and uh, spouses mom. who and let us do this. Guys, yeah. Yeah. I don't that. want adult interaction. I just want big fans. <laughs> 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 That's true. That has been Elsie's like, big goal from the beginning. I want to go to the big ones. I want to be known. <laughs> no, no, I no, want no. more dear Boudreaux letters. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just want people to giggle. <laughs> Elsie really enjoys making people laugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, Abby has a goal as well. I love adding the sound effects and I um, and the music and stuff, and I am really getting more involved and more in depth with that. So I'm excited to learn more and gather more sound effects so that it's even more audio drama, old time radio esque. Mm. Sometimes it's better than others, but <laughs> but I really enjoy doing that. I want to keep getting better. Oh, awkward. Okay. <laughs> what? Uh, nice question. Just quiet. Okay. Um, well, this question. There's actually multiple. Um, one specifically for Zeb in this one. Okay. Why? This is from DM Uriah. Why, Zeb, did you choose to play a bard? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> so you've probably picked up, like, as me, like, as Zeb, I'm a very quiet person. Like, pretty introverted, don't really Would have never thought of that. Spoken mm-hmm. to, like, <laughs> chime in every once in a while, but, you know, I'm the, you could say I'm the middle child of five, I have six, five brothers and sisters, so I'm the middle child, and so I was always... I wouldn't just always kind of the quiet one and just sat in the back, got my work done. And that's 
kind of my personality. And so I wanted to challenge that a little bit. And so I knew as a bard with some of the, you know, bardic inspirations and some of the feats, like it was me stepping outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. It was, but it's also not because you also, knowing you for quite a while, um, you like to sit back and observe, but you also like to ask questions. Very true. Which is something that a lot of, especially the type of bard that you play, um, which is more the storyteller, that type of bard has to do so you can get the full story. Almost kind of like a reporter, but not really. Mm. Um, yeah. And that's that's one of the things that I think makes it slightly easier for you to play a bard because the last couple of characters you have played have been different and you've played them more to your strengths rather than the character's strengths. But True. you still have to put yourself into any of the characters that you have a little right. bit. You do. I've really enjoyed seeing you step out because I've, I've known you since junior high. I mean, that's, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah, that's almost, do I dare say, like... That's over half your life right now? 20 years, yeah. yeah. It's been dang close to 20 years. We've all kind of known each other, the three of us. The three of us, yeah. I've known each other, so... What about you guys over here? You guys know each other? I'm just kidding. I've known her since she was born. (laughs) I'm all alone. (laughs) There's no one here beside me. But Elsie met us two years ago. <laughs> but you got it. Is that when she was adopted? <laughs> yes. <indeed. laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> David, you want to say something. Go ahead. Yeah. But knowing Zeb for so long and seeing him step out of his comfort zone, because he's definitely the, the quiet one, a lot of times when you'd be hanging out as a group, it would be like, oh, yeah, Zeb's here. <laughs> like, wait, we're at Zeb's house. Where's Zeb? <laughs> there he is. There he is. <laughs> But seeing him step out as Fenrir to see those little moments of like, oh, like when he wrote that parody This song. is me, mm-hmm. that episode. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like that yes. blew my mind because mm-hmm. Zeb wouldn't have done that. Nope. And so it was really cool to see him step out of his comfort zone and sing for a live audience for one and just be able to be willing to put that out to the world too. Yeah. Yep. So I've definitely appreciated that growth also, as a person and as Ben. Yes. Okay. Bravo. Bravo. Also, Zeb said something today that he's beginning to be able to find that separation. Yeah. Between himself and Fenrir, which is actually a really good skill to use like in a workplace environment mm-hmm. or anything cuz you being blind. able to put on a different persona means that persona gets attacked and not your personal. Right. Or whatever, a little psychology there, but (laughs) (laughs) that's why you have your customer service voice, everybody. That's what that really is. That's what that is. (laughs) Okay, um, actually, that kind of leads into how did you guys meet in the first place? We've kind of touched a little bit on this. (laughs) Are there any funny stories? Lots of funny stories. Um, Elsie's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) So, for the boys, (laughs) um, I mean, they saw each other, and I have been. We went to school together since elementary school. Since I moved out here, honestly. I mean, we didn't know each other. We didn't come be real good friends until junior high-ish. Yeah. But we've known each other. We've lived in the vicinity. We've known of each other's existence since third grade, grade fourth grade. Something like that, yeah. It was fourth grade, yeah. Didn't start associating until... Until Zeb showed up. Yeah. (laughs) Because Zeb, you moved out. You moved out this way, right? Yep. I moved here when we were in fifth or sixth grade. Fifth or sixth. Right. Yeah. So we had a common friend in Bryce and then we started playing basketball together. Yep. 
was when we really started becoming friends. And I think we started becoming friends when we started going to church together a little bit more. Yeah, we were in the same ward. Um, And so our friendship, the three of our friendship, kind of just grew from that. I kind of was the just the tag along everywhere. So <laughs> hey guys. Uh, at, at school and stuff, if I'd walk by, you know, in the morning or whatever in the commons and they were all sitting over there on the cool steps being the cool kids and stuff, I'd go and, and <laughs> sit down and kind of hang out with them and stuff. But I mean, as far as that, that side of things. And then, uh, my wife hmm. has this story that she likes to tell everyone that I still don't remember in my defense. But, um, we he was bo- a jerk to me when he first met me. We, we both worked at Lagoon, which is the local amusement park here in Utah and stuff. Um, and when I first met her, I guess the first day that I went into work in the Arby's there as a supervisor or manager. Manager. Because um, I was a supervisor. She was there and she, I went in and apparently it was just a total jerk, jerk to her. Um, I. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do mm-hmm. not stand by that. I have no recollection of that. Um, we'll that's, go with it. That sounds like it's pretty on par for that year for you, though, because you kind of had a, a, a come to Jesus meeting at one point in time and told you were t- had to stop being so mean by also your other true. management members. <laughs> so that could be why you don't remember it. But there's also a lot of other dramatic things that happened to you that year. So that's okay. But yeah, he was a huge jerk to me when we first met. He tried to come <laughs> in and tell me how to do my job, which I'd been doing for months. So I already knew how to do it. Um, and I was kind of a little hothead. Shocker. Uh, <laughs> if you've seen <laughs> listened to my character at all, that that's just elevating. This me. is me. That's just, <laughs> this is me. No, I'm not that hot headed, but I can be uh, a little bit of a hot head. So I was like, who's he to come in and tell me how to do my job and stuff like that? And then I actually <laughs> briefly dated one of his friends. Very briefly. Um, and that's how we started talking outside of work was because I went to go drop off said ex's stuff at his house, <laughs> and Evan was there. <laughs> and yeah. it wasn't a complete jerk. Not at that point in time, but it was kind of awkward because he's like, oh, you looked nice tonight. And I think I was I was dropping off stuff and then picking up that ex's little sister to go up somewhere. Well, you were dropping her off from going, oh, going up, up to Peach, Peach Days. Days. And I happened mm-hmm. to be sitting in the office room with mm-hmm. the friend while he was playing something on the PlayStation. I don't know. And then he texted me sort of and he's like, you looked really nice name. tonight. And I was like, that's kind of weird. And odd. excuse me, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> New number. Who dis? Yeah, kind of, kind of. Uh, but yeah, that's how we met and actually got to start liking each other's company. And then we were friends for a long time. Yep. And eventually, eventually. (laughs) they got married, and then David and I met. Um, David's dad worked with my grandma, and they we both had just gotten out of a gross relationship, and um, our my grandma and his dad convoluted together and told them, "Hey, we should hook up our your granddaughter and my son." And we started talking on Facebook, and... I remember this. <laughs> hey, me too. I was here for this. <laughs> you were. Yes, you, yes, you were. Nancy was too, just on the other side. <laughs> she just didn't care. <laughs> she was a young and... Uh, well. <laughs> but anyway, um, I started going on dates with David, and I met Zeb, and 
Evan and Becky. And then I went on a two-year mission for our church and then came back and married in. And then we started taking bets before And everybody took bets on when we were going to have kids. Uh, So this is two part. We all took bets on when you were going to get married, when David was going to pop the question, when you were going to get married, and then when you were going to have kids. After that was done, we moved on to the the kids side of things. Yeah. 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 Um, I got two out of the three right, just so everybody knows. There you go. That okay, is true. Now it's my turn for the record. This is my sister, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was asked to be a part of this podcast, and I'm very, very grateful because I really, really love it. And that's how I met the rest of these guys. And yes, question number one, it is very weird um, <laughs> because these guys are all married and oh, hey, so old. To be fair, <laughs> when we started this, Zeb wasn't married. Okay, but at the time, yeah, yeah he That's was not. true, but still. We teased him like that we would like auction off him to go on an online date with somebody. Oh, yeah, we did do that one point. Yeah, but. <laughs> and he's like, nope, I got to find a wife real soon. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, that, that is actually not the first time that you and I met, but I don't know if you remember that or not. I met you briefly when I was picking up my kids from David and Abby's old house. Do, 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 Before do, do, mission. Do, 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 and then <laughs> Abby was like, my sister's going on a mission. I was like, is that the redhead that I met that one time? She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. That annoying <laughs> creep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it is weird, but I, I love these guys and they're very nice to me. Oh, we love you too. <laughs> she feels like she Fuck has to say that because half of them are her family. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. when I first met Elsie, I thought she was really annoying. <laughs> It's true, but don't tell me that. It hurts my feelings. Oh, okay. But I love you now. You're Aww. one of my favorite people. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, I met Becky through Evan when they started dating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. Down the road when they were dating. <laughs> yeah, when we, yeah. What, but, that's about the same time that I met Zeb. Okay, there's that. At the same time. And a funny story about... Mm-hmm. That because oh, they asked about a funny story. Oh yes, yes, yes. Is when uh, Evan and Becky's uh, wedding. Oh yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> they had so Evan. A lot. Of the tradition is to what is that? The, the garter. The garter. The garter. Mm-hmm. The tradition is you throw it to all the single guys, and the one who catches it is going to be married next. Well, Evan had the brilliant idea. They got married on a baseball field, and Evan decided to put it on a baseball and hit it so we all had to catch it i caught it and i had had <laughs> i was gonna have becky sign the ball but i forgot her name <laughs> oh yeah i remember this i was like hey you want to sign this ball and she's like what's my name and i was like mm. that was a running joke for a while it was mm-hmm. it was she almost didn't sign Say my name <laughs> she almost didn't sign the ball for me you yeah, still that have it. that ball somewhere. do you really somewhere oh, i have gosh. that one it's really weird to think about that now that I have her, her garter, and another friend's <laughs> garter, <laughs> which that friend I dated. So now, it, now it's really weird. <laughs> and you also My have a baseball was, bat that has all the guys they ever dated on it. Yeah, that was one of your traditions. Which I thought that was really weird, going on a date with you and your dad had me sign the baseball bat. He's like, now I got a bat with your name on it. It's true. And then once I married you. It's a you, running joke at our it house. Is. Elsie has a tomahawk. Yeah. That is way better than a tomahawk. <laughs> well, you know, being the youngest girl, I just got to know what's right. <laughs> you just like to be different. 
and <laughs> I have we a lot of older siblings, okay? Leave me alone. <laughs> okay. Um, back another question. And I, Zeb, don't you don't have to answer this since we haven't really gone into Fenrir's backstory much. But what are some of the main points in Fenrir's backstory? Yeah, and honestly, I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> um I know that he loves like studying and reading different books. He's been traveling all around Keleth and just wants to um, wants to find kind of a ragtag maybe I shouldn't say ragtag, but wants to find a group that just to tell their stories. Um, if you listen to like my Fenrir's episode, he goes into each character and why he's like with them and why he's in the group. And I think that's a big piece of his backstory. I like that. I like it. Yeah. Okay. I also think that that also points out, you don't have to know every single detail about your character's backstory to be able to play them. (laughs) Right. Exactly. That's one of my, that's one thing that I do. I come up with a concept of like, Ooh, I want this little thing. And as you role play, you learn things about them. That's one of my favorite yeah. things about oh, playing yeah. is you learn different things. Mm-hmm. Something will also happen. Also learn like, Why did I? things about yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that part I don't like so much. <laughs> yeah. I like learning about my character, not myself. It's mm-hmm. true. I concur. And, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, speed round. What are the party subclasses? Henley, Horizon Walker. I'm a nature cleric. Okay, moving on. Uh, I, oh, wild magic. Wild magic barbarian. Mm-hmm. Wild magic barbarian. Makes I'm, sense. I'm an arcane archer fighter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a college of lore bard. College of war? Lore. Oh, I thought you said no, war. I, I thought you said college of war. war. Was like since Dude, when? Dude, yeah. that, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been, that'd be kind of a cool bard. Oh, yeah. College, College of War. Of war. Mm-hmm. Is a, the big... Your whole job is to inspire the armies and the troops yeah. and... If, if, if one of our fans comes up yeah. with that, we want to see the stats. Yeah. Um, College of Lore. Okay. This is Wait, what Bible verse inspires you guys most? We have lots of Bible verses that inspire us, but we're going to share one apiece. Yeah. Let's start with DM Dave. Start with me? Oh, mm. boy. So, <laughs> my... When, it, when the, this question was asked, I, I thought of this one, so I found it. And it is in Proverbs. And it is chapter 21, verse 19. Also, we read the King James Version, just yeah, so you know. Yeah, King James Version. And it says, It is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is the reason David I can never live with me. I am a contentious and cantankerous woman. So, <laughs> The reason why I thought of this one, because I remember growing up and a lot of people use this as like a a joking one. Be careful who you marry because it's better to live in the wilderness than an angry woman. But it's, it's one of those things to me of like to better myself, to make my wife happy. So we're, so I don't feel like I have to go live in the wilderness to get away from her. To live my life according to a way that we cannot be contentious and that I can please her. Kind of like if there is a problem, 
look inwards and be like, okay, what very much of the story, Lord, is it I, right? When the, all the apostles are trying to figure out who's going to betray Jesus, Lord, is it I? Am I the reason why my wife is being contentious and angry? How can I help that not happen? How can I be a peacekeeper? So how can it, you be a helpmate? Yes, yeah. a helpmate. Because mm-hmm. I truly believe a marriage is very much a, a 50-50 thing, but you give 100% of yourself into it. Because if you don't, if both of you don't give that 100% into it, that marriage is not going to last. Mm-hmm. So it's not always her fault. It's not always my fault. And nor should there be a fault, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Forgive, love, and you can figure it out. It was like that gift we got when we had our um, reception. Someone yeah. tore a $5 bill right in front of us and was mm-hmm. like, this is your gift. And they gave half to me and half to David and was like, you can't be worth, well. You're worth more together. You're worth more together. Yep. Okay, um, I'll go next. So one of my favorite Bible verses is in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I love that verse because if we are trying to live our best lives and trying to follow the principles of Jesus Christ... Everything is then added therein. Um, David and I have seen these blessings come from the podcast, too, because we were prompted to start the podcast and to share this story. But we've noticed that as we pay our tithing and keep the commandments, that the podcast does better. We can see (laughs) our numbers do better. because, And a lot of that is thanks to you guys. We're so appreciative. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. My turn. It's his turn. My favorite verse of all scripture, <clears throat> or just one of my very good reminders to me, is St. John fifteen nineteen. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. And the first thing is people usually go, <laughs> that's a really rough scripture there, LZ. <laughs> but like, um, I really like it because I have felt like a lot in my life that I've always been different. And I know a lot of people feel that way. Um, And I feel very judged and stuff in school. And I was bullied a little bit. And um, it was nice to know that my Heavenly Father chose me out of this world and that, um, that sometimes the world may hate you, but it's okay because I am not a part of this world. I'm a part of my Heavenly Father's. Aww. Thank you. <laughs> I will always love you. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> I guess I can love you too. Uh, <laughs> your kind of family obligation, whatever. Yeah. It means more for me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so I have a lot of um, scripture verses that I really like, but right now I've been reading a lot of the revelations again. Hmm. And Evan hates it. He hates that book. I <laughs> I actually really like that book, but I think part of it or that is I think it's because I'm a planner and I like to know what's going to happen. Mm. He does not like it for the same reason. Um, but th- what I have taken away from that is sometimes 
you have to go through the bad things to get to the good things. Sometimes get things get worse before they get better. And I just got reminded of that the other day. I worked in the, the medical field on the administration side of, of things. And one of my providers was like, no, we were talking about a patient. And she's like, I can't really help her because she hasn't been compliant with her medication and things like that. So it's going to get worse before it can get better. And it just reminded me of that exactly what I was reading that day. And I struggle with some pretty serious depression and some serious things have kind of happened recently in my life. Preach. Um, on multiple fronts. So it just kind of is my mantra right now that sometimes things have to get worse before they get better. And it's just going to be an uphill swing. Yeah. Sometimes darkness shows you the light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, there you go. But it hurts. <laughs> but it hurts. But so does growth. Growth yeah. hurts sometimes. Yeah. Um, when I was on my mission, um, there's a terminology for new missionaries. It's called green missionaries. And one of the sisters I was with at the time said, stay green because green things grow. And mm-hmm. I love that. If you start stop growing, you get old and crusty and, <laughs> and, and brown. Old and crusty. <laughs> old and crusty. Wow. And you die. <laughs> and Whoa. die. Well, that was just dramatic there. <laughs> Evan? Yeah, she's right. I don't like revelations. It scares <laughs> me. Uh, I'm going to be a cheater on multiple fronts. I'm actually going to take us out of the Bible because I have a hard time with the Bible. That's okay. Um, <laughs> But in, in our religion, we have a book called The Doctrine and Covenants. And it's the, the whole fourth section. It's only eight, seven verses. It's something that I don't know if Dave remembers back in our, our youth days. Mm. Every Sunday when we started one of our classes, we would recite the entire section and stuff. And it's about missionary work and, and stuff. And it's a really great section. But more than that, it's more it's just about, you know, regardless of what, what religion you practice, it doesn't matter. Go out, be a good person, help the people that's in need, spread the joy, don't spread the anger and the fear and the hatred and stuff. You know, be the yeah. example for who you want to be. It doesn't matter, like I said, it doesn't matter what religion you are or what religion you aren't, you know. Just just be that person and be that that example to who you want people to know you are. Be your best self. Mm-hmm. Be the light on the hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of a lot of times growing up, I understood, and even on the mission as well, we were told, "Be somebody." Because people know you, they would want to know Christ because they see Christ in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Be one of those things, and whatever good. religion you are, just like Evan said, whatever religion or not religious, just trying to be a good person, share the joy, mm-hmm. stop the hate, being kind. Yeah. Rewind. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when I first heard this, heard this question and I got thinking about it, like there's a, there's a Bible verse in Zechariah that talks about a flying roll. And I was going to roll that with, uh, (laughs) with like a food fight and make a joke of it. But then (laughs) as we got, as we got talking about it, um, Abby suggested, and she's like, is it going to be one of the shortest Bible verses that I've, I think it's probably the shortest Bible verse. It is the shortest. Because it's only two words, and you can memorize it right now. Um, (laughs) Sweet. But it's John 11.35, and it's Jesus wept. And it's very short, 
but yet the depth behind that verse and why you know Jesus is weeping is it's just a reminder to me that in people's lives like as you come across them like very seldomly do you understand the depth of what they're going through and there was a quote and I forget who it's by or where I read it um, but it's it talks about how it, as you as you come across people and as you recognize people like treat them as if they are having the worst day of their life and 50% of the time that's probably going to be true and it just makes me think of like the just the depth behind you know you know as people we are very complex not simple <laughs> folks and what people go through and that just you just you just never know what people are going through the day that you come across them and so it goes back to you know what we were talking about earlier just you know being kind and and I yeah hope that this podcast does that like it's it's more of an uplifting thing mm-hmm. I guess that you're listening to. <laughs> yeah. yeah no I love that and Jesus sorry we're not getting too preachy here but (laughs) i love that scripture jesus swept but i also love that it ties into the book of mormon where um alma baptizes all those people that's comfort those that stand in need of comfort mourn with those that mourn be with them in their moment don't just tell them oh it'll get better oh you know Mm -hmm. but be sad with them jesus knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, but yet he still wept with them because it's, they were sad. He was with them in that moment. And sometimes it's okay to not be okay. It yes. is okay yeah. to not be okay. Right. And one of the things, just to tie this back into the podcast, we want you to be with our characters, to feel what they feel. And maybe one, they can help you overcome and give you the strength or you know even the separation from yourself to feel because you can feel through them I mean, anyway man <laughs> all right um back to other questions um i was like it got way too serious guys <laughs> <laughs> we love you guys <laughs> okay next question um is from leon where was the idea for Boudreaux's Cajun accent gone? Kind of back to, you know. So I served my mission for my church, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, <laughs> uh, in Louisiana, Mississippi. And I loved the that accent down there. There's actually quite a few accents down there, but I love <laughs> that accent. Um, and that's honestly why. Um <laughs> that's how I got the inspiration, <laughs> and that's how I could do the accent, <laughs> is because I I would I might have learned a little bit as I was there. <laughs> cool. Okay. Next question. <clears throat> um, this is from Riley. He also is from Utah and has a podcast. I can't remember what it was at this moment. I'm so sorry. Um, but what has been a memorable or funny moment for everyone? And a favorite serious one. Hmm. 
So a funny memorable moment and a serious memorable moment. Well, pretty much anything uh, where there is a Lila Boudreaux semi-funny interaction is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I love them all. Um, I think my favorite funny is uh, uh, Long Nose, at least least at this moment. (laughs) But another one would be my letter with Fenrir. I loved writing that letter. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. I love like all the little like running jokes off of those things that keep popping up too. Yes. Mm. <laughs> the inside jokes. Mm-hmm. My favorite one is still uh, the were creature one where where do the human wear? Uh, <laughs> still so perfect to this day. Um no, but for real, like my favorite part is that not necessarily that um the the things that Elsie comes up with, but the fact that Elsie can't remember half the things that she oh, comes up yes. with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we like to um, you remember Make when you said this, Elsie? I, I didn't no. say that. <laughs> it was yes. seriously no. like a half hour ago. There was mo- there's been multiple occasions where you guys are like, you said that. And I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> and then she goes back and listens. She's like, oh, yeah. And then she forgets again. <laughs> no, usually David shows me. He's like, no, seriously, you did. And I'm like, what? And I loved it. She's like, I don't remember. I also loved when Fenrir or slash Zeb did... Um, Henley, where have you been? And he, I think that was one of yes. the first times he actually sang on yeah. a podcast. It was. Sweet it was, Henley. Where Sweet have you been? Henley, where yeah. have you been? Yeah, that was a really cool moment. While riding on the back of a horse. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's true. I think my one of my favorite moments, and this goes back to episode one. Ooh. <laughs> Way back to episode one. And I remember the nervousness. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We were so scared. So nervous. We were all like shaking. Hey, I was literally <laughs> stuttering. <laughs> yeah. So nervous. And I'm trying to, you know, introduce every, all the characters, making sure everybody has their moment. And it's when Henley meets Fenrir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you, you see, Ross, uh, Henley, you meet this bard over in the corner. And then you just hear this little voice from Zeb. Oh, my go, God. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it, I just lost it. Like, I thought it was so funny. And I trying think to we convince, all lost it. We're trying like, to convince we, him. We tried to convince him for like five keep, solid minutes to carry that voice. Keep <laughs> that voice. But it was such an important moment too because that's when we relaxed. True. That's Broke when we're like, okay, let's have some fun. Yep. Let's do this. So that that's one of my most memorable ones. My most serious one, I think, has to go to Lila and Garatha. When you handed that gold, oh, when I was crying, oh, yes, oh, I, that I literally wept here. Like it wasn't like a fake. No, that was not yeah. fake. None of that is faked, guys. None of it. I David just, and I both cried in that episode. Yeah, that was what probably one of the most the serious moments. Of That's there. a really just good the, post show too. The pat, yeah, that post show. I think that was like our first post show, right? I, so I had to go run after that because a I had way too much caffeine and b I was like on an emotional high. <laughs> Yeah, that would have to be my ha- funny slash serious moment. I think one of my favorite serious moments was when Lionel died. Mm. And we had mm. to go tell his wife about it. Mm-hmm. And just David's emotion, like just sinking into that character and how mm-hmm. she'd feel. And then how he described her mourning over his dead body and just not even caring about hygiene or anything like that but uh, not that we would but it was just such an emotional moment especially also in character for Henley because she was back in her hometown she knew all these people pretty well and 
it was really close to home and her dad is buried in that cemetery. And so it just brought a lot of emotions. I think that's the first really... time that David cried though with like a character with like, or what he thought a character was going through or something. I don't remember. I just remember like some, it was either that one or something really close to like, I'm really sorry. I just had a really quick flash of like in my head and it was really emotional. Mm. I was like, Oh yeah. I think the first time I cried was with Ballerin. Oh, oh yes, with the loot. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. going to say that, actually. Way back in episode six or seven. Five Which or six, is just, actually yeah, around yeah. where one of my favorite serious mm-hmm. moments are, is uh, me talking to Rochelle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was the first time that like I actually almost started crying, because I was like, I miss my family. Mm. And it was the first time I realized, like, Wow, this this character feel like I can feel what my character feel like I can be in character and feel that. So it that's why it's one of my favorites because I was like, wow, okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Evan, your turn. You haven't answered anything yet that way. Funny character. Yes. Favorite funny. <laughs> I am very proud of all of Roscoe's. Speeches? Not, no, well, I don't want to <laughs> like the speeches I like, but more about more the you know I've got you know Roscoe's got his speeches to you know everyone else the speech to the Duke and the speech to you know Ivan and you know all those other things, but I think more of his interactions on the one on ones with like with with Henley in Avalon and yeah and with you know Lila Garatha and stuff kind of more. Even with the Lila Grotha situation, I didn't say a whole lot, but you know his his impact there and stuff and his just supporting the the support role. Yeah, I'm the the support role. I'm the medic. Um, and the leader. I don't seek to, yeah, you you at that point in time though, like you're the rock, you're mm-hmm. the steady shore in a sea of confusion and chaos. But I think just in general those. Those it's hard to choose one, but those moments I think are the are the most impactful for me. And then, as far as entertaining goes, blue um, potato. I knew it. <laughs> How did I know? <laughs> I mean, that's been fun. But just the whole running jokes with with Bujo and in general from when we first met up with Ivan, and, and then again in the cave and stuff. Just the 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 times that we have a team has kind of broken the seriousness even if it made what's her bucket question us <laughs> mentally you know it was it was fun both as a player and i think as the characters it was good good development to see that they were able to have that little bit of downtime and a little bit of fun even when they know that literally everything is falling apart around them mm-hmm. i feel like also the downtime in our podcast is part of what makes us unique because so many podcasts focus on like we're fast paced, you know, we keep going and all this, and then, but you miss the internal workings of the characters and how they interact with each other, and, and I, the actual like building and the relationships and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Why would I trust you? What other than trauma response? Why should I trust you? Or it's a game. Mm-hmm. We just trust each other. Yeah. Um, but- so- my favorite serious moment has already been talked about as far as with Lionel. Yeah. yeah. Um, with his with his passing and just all that same thing, having to tell his wife and that was probably the first time I was close to tears. 
And I and I think I remember that when you were trying to tell her, and she's like, "No." Yeah, right. And like, (laughs) just yeah, yeah. Um, My favorite funny moment would probably be Boudreaux's bath. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. Boudreaux's bath is so good. (laughs) I forgot the soap. (laughs) Throw it over. That was really fun to add sound effects to, by the way. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, but for the record, that that him running on the cement, that was my hand. That was all <laughs> That was hands. me going. No, <laughs> slapping him. Yep. Um, next question is from Jacob. Okay, what class and race, including exotic races, would you switch to if you had to switch to something different? I know. Uh, Okay, there's a second part of this question, oh. but everybody quick. Furbolg. <laughs> That's because you just played a furbolg and you're like, these are dope, guys! Yeah. <laughs> or, or one of the bunny characters. The Rabbit bunny folk? One? Yeah, could you imagine Boudreaux as a... <laughs> <laughs> it would definitely make the Lila interaction a lot more weird. Because <laughs> yeah. you always summon bunnies. <laughs> I, do. I do, actually. That, oh, that's a weird point. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm thinking pretty weird enough as it is, guys. <laughs> um, no, I really like, I can't even remember what they're called. David has to remind me every single time. I really like the bird creatures. Aarakocra, yeah. Yeah, those are Not super the fun. Or the Kenku, yeah. <laughs> Not the Kenku. Not Kenku. Um, <laughs> no, it's the Aarakocra. Yeah, those, those are really fun. I think that, like, even looking at, how you would play them is, especially in the campaign where we're sitting right now, would be a little bit challenging. I think it'd be interesting. You're talking about the ones that mimic? Is that the one you're talking mm-hmm. about? Okay, oh, that yeah. is the Kenku. Yeah, no, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, that the Kenku, for sure. Okay. Because that, like, can you imagine how that would actually work? Yeah. It'd be so hard, but it, you'd definitely play a bard. <laughs> yes. Um, well, anybody who knows me knows that my favorite playable race is the Dragonborn. Yeah, that's true. that's true. But I also think it would be fun to be a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. that's because in our other campaign, we have a friend who plays a turtle, and we've just dubbed her Michelangelo. A dual-wielding fighter turtle. Uruguay. So for me... Master Uruguay. <laughs> I think it would be a... The class would be a barbarian, and oh. as far as race goes, I really like playing elves. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I'm leaning more towards like a barbarian orc. Mm. I love Good orc stats, like either full orc or half orc. They're fun. Yeah, yeah. David's got to say, David. Oh, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. David, if Solemn had to be something other than what he is, what uh, would Solemn be? Had to, if he wasn't a halfling. I think he would probably, I mean, it's kind of a cheap question that he'd be a gnome then. He'd probably be a forest gnome. That is what a good is, question. What is DM Dave? Like, what is your, you know, favorite race to play or something My that you race? personally, if there's a race that you haven't played yet that's like really like, mm, let's do this. You know, well, I know what your favorite race to play is. My favorite race to play is definitely Gith Yankee. That's my favorite race to do. And I really like play, tagging him with the the paladin. Paladin is also my favorite to to class to play. But if I had to choose, if I had one that is like, ooh, I really want to play 
that race. I think that would be interesting. Oh, goodness. I would probably have to think... Oh, I have no idea. I can't. We've played a lot of different ones. We've played a lot, but I can't think of a race that's just like, ooh, I'll so play it. Because the ones up. that I am interested in, you I've play. already played. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fair enough. He wants to play a Kenku as well. Yeah. We Kenku can be Kenku was all, buddies. On my list. Yeah. It's just hard to think about how, like, how would I actually do that? Yeah. <laughs> the class that I thought, it, if you go into the class wise, it'd probably be a, a wizard. Mm hmm. Statistically, I, but, it makes more sense. But I struggle so bad with spellcasters. <laughs> David does not like spellcasters. No, boo. <laughs> hey, I'm with you. Okay, my favorite class to play is cleric. I love playing clerics so much. Um, I just love how they're built, and I love having a specific job to do. And when you're a cleric, you always have something specific to do. Heal people. No. <laughs> <laughs> I deny that. It's not true fact. That's because oh, you're... for Elsie. Elsie you're does a circle of life people. shaman. You're built a little bit differently. <laughs> I'm built different. <laughs> okay, continue. Um, my favorite race to play is Halfling, all the way, because... I mean, you guys know I am a horrible roller and I love having lucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My favorite combo. I've oh. never played a cleric halfling before. Mm. That would be interesting. I also think it'd be really cool to actually play like air cocker because you can fly. Oh, yeah, air cocker would be fun for that reason. So would you make Henley a, a halfling then? Because I think that's what the original question was, right? Did yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think Henley is perfect as a human. I think if I had to play her as a different race, definitely an, a half elf or an elf. Mm. Oh, mine because I mean, a she's a ranger. Then. Hello. What was that? I said mine would have been a tiefling then for sure. Mm, yep. So <laughs> part of the discussion, yeah. Did you have a different idea, Zeb? Mine would probably be a. It'd probably be a human if it wasn't an elf. Mm. It's because you're it a half elf. Be a bard. Yeah. This is from Everyday Superheroes. Where did the decision to emphasize original music in your show come from? Definitely our connection with D.A. Nichols. Because mm-hmm. me and Abby and Elsie have been in contact with hers for... Eight, 2015. Since 2015. When we were in her... Uh, when, we, when we first were in melodramas with her. Because D.A. Nichols is super talented. She writes melodramas and she's written melodramas and she music She writes the music, it. words, the playwright everything everything for the past since and we've been also does all the background stuff to help build, build the set painting like super she talented can do it all. lady and her her wife helps out with that too mm-hmm. very talented talented lady as well and we it's also sets us apart as different because we have original songs Right. And we and, all and they're uh, actually sung songs, not just music. Yeah. We just all like music in general. I don't know mm. if you noticed or not. Mm. <laughs> and we just asked her one time, like, "Hey, we're making a podcast. Want to write a song for? Want to write a theme song for us?" And that's where I'll write them all. Like, it, yeah, for real. She, she had us explain who saw him the Chaos Bard was, and she wrote that. Yeah, one of the little things that we got. <laughs> a funny thing about that: when we told her what we wanted, I think we used. Hunchback of Notre Dame, the da 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 the bells because that song is sung differently throughout the entire production of that show and playwright. So it's kind of we wanted a song that could be sung sad, happy, angry, 
and still have the similar like bouncy sort of feel and just on the chaos bard was born that song mm-hmm. yeah and, and then once we told her that she wrote like nine different songs yep. she's like oh we just wanted one but thank you <laughs> and she still writes more and more and more and we love her yeah. um so kay. that's that's where we got the inspiration for original songs we are almost out of time so a couple more questions do we have any dice rituals Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> I have this timeout chair sitting in front of me. <laughs> My coworker made it for me. I know a lot of people like use different dice, but when I start switching up dice, my rolls get worse. So I literally, I only roll with one set of dice for all my characters. It doesn't matter how many dice I have. I roll damage dice with other dice, but not my d20. <laughs> <laughs> it's my lucky d20, although sometimes it, it doesn't. It's like not me. so lucky for you. But it's better than my other dice. Mm. <laughs> it's fine. Becky. Um, do I have dice rituals? Uh, no, I have specific sets of dice for specific characters. And some of them come with multiple d20. So I'll just roll whichever's to see how they roll for the day. Mm-hmm. I usually just will pick a set and roll the d20 a couple times. And if it looks okay, then we'll roll with it. If not, <laughs> Move on to the next set and see what turns up. Very similar to that. I will roll the d20 until I get good numbers, and then I'll stop, and then we'll use it. <laughs> Sometimes I'm there for a minute. but <laughs> I give my dice pep talks. Yes. Come on, guys. You can do it. I also say, play, please bless, dice gods bless. <laughs> Maybe a little sacrilegious, but it's, it's in Come a joke. On, I mean, for the record, um... I have a D20 in my, my bag that I carry with me for emergencies. She but does. it only rolls good if it's with its $20 bill. That is <laughs> Other than that, it rolls true. very badly. <laughs> so. so she's got a sacrificial $20 bill in her pocket or yeah. her bag all the time. Just say no. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like we definitely need to answer this question because he's one of our big fans from Joel. Ah, uh, yes. He, he has also donated... Uh, feed the cast a couple times. Okay, Thank for the, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Thank you. Um, for the players and DM, what is your... F- oh, we already answered this. What is your favorite class and why? Hmm. Most no, of us... we didn't do class. Didn't that one okay, I did. We did race, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We did. And I did mention paladins are my favorite class. And I said clerics are my favorite class because I like to heal people. And I like paladins because they have a little bit of magic, but they are... Tanks. Yep. They like to fight. I love tanks. Okay, Elsie, what is your favorite class? Um, it's and I'm why? Not exactly sure because David won't let me play one, but a druid or a monk. Hmm, monks are fun. And in David's defense, you had the option to play a druid. You just and then didn't he want was the like, consequences. But then I'll kill you. So <laughs> he probably told you the same thing that he told me. He's like, okay, but you will have a constant target on your back. And yep. I'm like, okay, fine. In other words, I'd be dead. Okay, yeah. move on. <laughs> Basically why she's not a tiefling too. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't have one. That's okay. I mean, I I played a druid and a fighter, so <laughs> you're like yeah. But I I've I've really wanted to play like a wizard, but like David, the the spell slots and the whole magic side of things really scare me. But I might endeavor in that one day. So, but I've thoroughly enjoyed my fighter and my druid. Yay! I really like playing a paladin. The smites get you every time. Yep. 
That was what your first character was. Yep. Mm-hmm. You really was. loved him. Yep. I did. Didn't he die? <laughs> yep. He did. <laughs> took, yeah, took out my a, character killed him. <laughs> took out another an, yes. another PC too. Oh uh, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> In my defense that Paladin asked my character to kill him. I did. So Okay. You don't have to like defend anything. <laughs> <laughs> I like murder. I am not characters. a PC killer. Just because you're a murder robot. Um, I am. <laughs> okay. Um, who here has played any other tabletop RPGs? If so, which ones and why? I don't think so. I think I've only played D and D. Me either. I haven't played any outside of D and D. Me and Abby have played. We, we played Pathfinder. Pathfinder. And, and then a hero's tale. A hero, yeah, something. It was a indie RPG. Yeah, independent. Who will be at the convention with Assault Con? Yeah, that's in the past now. It's, yeah, that's it's in, in the past. past. But anyway, I have also <laughs> played Vampire the Masquerade. I've also played Redigo, which was really fun. Hopefully, we're going to have more information and um, a promo for um, David soon. Or eventually. <laughs> what other ones have I played? Oh, I have a My Little Pony TTRPG book, but I haven't played it yet. When you're on a stream for Vampires and Masquerade. Yeah, I am. That's it's, a, it's that's fun. not family friendly. <laughs> no, it's like PG-14 TV rated. Yeah. There's some swearing and stuff. Stuff. But if you want to see me and Abby play the Pathfinder one, we, we actually played that one mm. on another stream. Yeah. Party of Two. Party which of Two. Our episodes are family friendly. Yeah, our the ones episodes. we're in are family friendly. <laughs> most of most of their stuff is most is of their stuff, stuff is, but yes. they do go get into more of the adultish themes. So if you wanted to look into that, you can search us up on those on those episodes. I forget what episode numbers they are, but they have a YouTube channel, Party of Two. You can find me and Abby were on there for like three or four or five. Yeah, but each each episodes. stream is like two and a half hours long. Yeah. If not longer. So if you want to see me play, go check those out. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I can think of. Okay. Someone did ask. Someone asked if Boudreaux could sing. Yes. We already heard him sing in the bath. <laughs> I think they want to know if you can sing as well. I can sing. I think we've already established that on yeah. the podcast. You can sing. The yeah. question also that went with what is Lila or no. Groth of the dominant? We don't need to answer that one. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, depends on the day. That was from Afton. <laughs> and Boudreaux, yes, you can sing. We actually, your theme song is actually has words. Yeah, nobody oh, yeah. else does. Except you want to hear a part songs. of it? Boudreaux, Boudreaux, he come and go. There you go. <laughs> it's a walking song. It's <laughs> wonderful. Well, I hope you enjoyed that, and we will probably do another mailbag next year for three years. <laughs> so, if you um, really enjoyed this, keep your question. Think about your question, and next um, December we'll probably put out an announcement again saying we're going to do another mailbag. So keep those thoughts rolling. Oh, and get your. Um, Dear Boudreaux questions answered. They are only a dollar. Or if you become a patron on our Ko-Fi, you get a f- on uh, any of the tiers, tier one, tier two, or tier three, you get a free Dear Boudreaux question. 
It's just a dollar, guys. Absolutely. <laughs> and all proceeds go directly to the podcast. Paying for subscriptions or whatever, art, except yep. for uh, all of the stuff. All the money that we get from you guys is reinvested into the podcast. To make the show better for you. Yep. Well, and I think that's it. Let's go around the table. To my right, we have... Dave. Zeb. Evan. Becky. Elsie. <laughs> and I am Abby, your host for The Mailbag. Bye.